0: Years ago, I read a book by Mark Batterson called The Circle Maker. It's um, kind of his book on prayer. I'd encourage you to pick it up if you've never read it. And in uh, The Circle Maker, there's this uh, kind of throwaway line that he says, he basically says the the solution to all of our problems is almost always more of the Holy Spirit. And when I first um, read that, I thought, and I don't know that seems to be kind of this broad brush you're painting with uh, maybe an oversimplification, and um I, I just thought maybe that's kind of overstating it like the solution to all of our problems is like always more of the Holy Spirit and um I think he's right though I, as as I've sat with that for years and as I've experimented with that and as i've faced. Um, problems and, and circumstances and, and different uh, crises, yeah, I think pretty much almost all the time the answer to whatever we're going through is is more, not less, of God's presence, His character, His nature, His energy, His Spirit, His Holy Spirit uh, in us. And so um, even now more than ever, And I I hate to sound like a broken record, but just as a shepherd, as a pastor, uh, with a a care for the souls of people, uh, my soul, my family's soul, your soul, your spirit, um, now more than ever, I am burdened with this sense that we need more, not less, of God's spirit in us. Um, you, you don't need me to paint the, the cultural landscape um, that we are continually watching and digesting and experiencing at various levels um, but but to name some to give this a framework in case maybe your head is in the sand uh, but the, the the racial injustice that is just ever before us it just doesn't go away it's not it's been there the whole time Um, white people have not really wanted to recognize it and but it's there and it's it's just brewing and boiling over and and we're kind of coming to one of those kind of i wasn't alive in the 60s but the people i've talked to who are around in the city feels very much like that but more we're in that moment right now Uh, there's this political polarization Um, I heard this week um, that there's, I think, 40% of Americans want to elect Joe Biden, 40% want to elect Donald Trump, and then there's like 20% that they're just confused, they're not sure. And if that's true, I mean, come November, uh, there's going to be 40 to 50% of the country, no matter which way the, the ballots go. 40, 50% 40, 50% of the country is going to be uh, on the other side of the ditch and, and very angry and very disappointed or upset or afraid. And we just, we live in this very polarized uh, political society. And, and and then we think of the natural disasters that threaten lives, like in an instant, uh, the wildfires, the the hurricanes, and, and many more others you could think of, of just our kind of world kind of seemingly uh, groaning and, and coming apart. and And then this pandemic that we find ourselves in, uh, this um, this COVID-19 and the realities and how that has not just threatened our health, but it has changed everybody's way of life. It's changed businesses and all of that. I mean, just, just, that's just four, I think, four things that I've named for you. Um, and then like the, the personal things that you and I are going through. Uh, maybe your, your personal health is in crisis. Maybe your family's in crisis. Maybe your marriage or your kids are in crisis. Maybe your job is in, you know, I don't, maybe your, your church is in crisis. I, I, your faith, I, ooh, there, there's just so many things personally, right, and so I don't wanna sound like a broken record, but now more than ever, do you feel the need for less of our flesh, less of the ways of the world, less of the ways of the kingdom of hell, and more of God's Holy Spirit in us and through us? Uh, now more than ever, we, we, we are in this moment. From now through November 22nd, which is the Sunday before Thanksgiving, think about that, like for the next 10 weeks, Thanksgiving is about 10 weeks away. Uh, we're going to camp out and uh, work through the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And uh, we're going to give some some practical prayers and practices you can lean into. Um, not that those efforts would grow the fruit, but that you might be put in a position to to allow the Spirit to cultivate and ripen and to have more uh, more real estate in your life to to cultivate and ripen the Holy Spirit, but we're, we're going to spend this kind of season of our fall just thinking in terms of discipleship, like what do we need right now? We need more God's presence and how, just functionally, how do we do that? What does that look like? And so we're kind of pushing off the dock today on a new series based out of Galatians 5 on the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we're going to use Galatians 5 as the jumping off point. We're not going to study the book of Galatians, but I want to encourage you to um, grab uh, a Bible and to become familiar with the, the book of Galatians. It's about six chapters, and uh, something that I do, I might want to just encourage you to do is, is uh, study in a variety of ways. Um, read it quickly, like just read it nonstop in one sitting just to kind of catch the overarching rhythm of it. And then another time, read it slowly. It'll take a week to read it. I read it in various translations. I like to read things in the ESV, uh, the NLT I really like, the, the Message Translation, Eugene uh, Peterson's a hero of mine, the Amplified Version uh, for kicks. I like to go to the King James just to read it there to kind of feel old school. I want to encourage you, if, if you don't have um, a Bible reading plan or or some like um, some like program maybe you're reading through right now and i encourage you to pull galatians um, off the shelf so to speak and uh and to get familiar with, with the context of this great book um the, the church in antioch sent uh the apostle paul to go and preach the gospel to the gentiles the, the non-jews gentiles just a way of saying not jewish like i'm a gentile you're probably a gentile if you're not jewish if you're not jewish you are but if, most of you probably aren't jewish um, they, the church in Antioch sent Paul to uh, Asia Minor, which is kind of modern-day Turkey, and to, to kind of preach the gospel. And what happened is people uh, came to faith, and they ended up planting a church around that in Galatia. So you can read this account in Acts 13 and 14. And according, you know, as Paul does, he establishes it, and then he moves on to do the same thing. And so after planting, some, some people came in and began to preach a different gospel. They began to say, actually, the way into the family of God um, is not just through Jesus Christ, but also, uh, you know, you're not Jewish, so you're going to have to um, come in through circumcision. And we got this flint rock over here in this other room we want to introduce you to, and and of course, that was causing problems. And they would, you know, basically say, you know, you've got to live by the law, you've got to live through circumcision, you've got to, you know, all these things. And so Paul actually gets pretty ticked over this and um, is really fired up. And he writes the book of Galatians to this church, dealing with um, this kind of taking um, away from the gospel and saying it's Jesus plus these things and it's Jesus plus circumcision. So he kind of gets into that and uses some very strong language. I like to uh, read Galatians with popcorn and just like, wow, that was, how did that land there? I mean, who did he offend with that one? Um, and basically, at the end of the book Galatians five and six, but really at the end of five is where he 's getting to his main climax, which is it 's actually not by the flesh that we live it 's not by the law it 's not by ritual or tradition it 's not by keeping the rules. it is by the spirit that we live and and so that 's kind of the like the big climax and kind of the the big left hook it 's my left hand, the big left hook. That Paul gives the Church of Galatia. So that's that's chapter five. That's kind of where we're going to be um, landing. To we're going to land into the 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 kind of the big moment, the climax of that moment there. But I wanted to get you some some context of how Paul gets there and why he gets there. Um, You could summarize Galatians like this. uh, Chapters 1 and 2, there's six chapters, so the first third, chapters 1 and 2 are about the gospel of the crucified Messiah. That's that, okay? And then the the next third is chapters 3 and 4, and it's that this gospel of the crucified Messiah, Jesus, creates a multi-ethnic family and, and they, they really were having to deal with this, uh, this uh, race thing that the, that the church was working through because, uh, you know, they were used to God coming to the Jews, but not other people. And, and so, right, first two chapters, the gospel of the crucified Messiah, the next two, three and four, the gospel of this crucified Messiah creates a multi-ethnic family. And then the last two chapters, five and six, is that this gospel-centered, multi-ethnic family is transformed, by the Holy Spirit. And I mean, how about that as a message? I mean, if you, um, you know, you're probably not going to go to lunch today, but if you're on a Zoom call with your friends later, because everyone loves to do that, and they happen to ask you, hey, do you know what the book of Galatians is about? You can totally say, oh, the book of Galatians is about the gospel of a crucified Messiah who creates a multi-ethnic family that is transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's Kind of the, I don't know if that fits in a tweet, but that's the summary of the book of Galatians that we're going to be uh, kind of studying. I want to invite you to open your Bible, grab your Bible, and we're going to go to Galatians 5. We're going to just kind of read this section that we're going to live in for about 10 weeks. Uh, we'll start in verse 16. We'll go through the end. Galatians 5, verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other." to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Have you ever felt that, that there's things you wanted to do in the Lord, but you couldn't, and there was things you didn't want to do that you kept doing? What Paul's saying there is that's your flesh and the spirit are kind of warring against each other. And you have this, this opportunity to walk either with the spirit or with the flesh. That's the language he's given here. Verse 18, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I want to just pause here because this list, the works of the flesh, do you recognize this? If you look at our um, larger society, and you might even recognize these in yourself, but if you look at um, kind of what's happening in this cultural moment, and I think it is completely appropriate to apply this text to the context we're in, Do you see sexual immorality? Do you see impurity? Do you see sensuality? Do you see idolatry? Do you see people making idols out of people, parties, uh, political parties? There's a lot of idolatry going on right now. Sorcery, this is what we feel and see right now. Enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger. I mean, just watch the news and look for fits of anger. Rivalries, dissensions, divisions. Uh, It breaks my heart when I see or hear how people in the body of Christ start to form camps start to get angry, start to throw rocks at each other, start to get into rivalries and dissensions and start to fight about various things, especially that are happening in our culture. It is the works of the flesh. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You think our world, pick a problem, pick a situation, pick a news report, uh, pick something in your life. How would it go if we had more love, more joy, more peace, more patience, more kindness, more goodness, more faithfulness? More gentleness, more self-control. Oh my gosh, I mean, just the, the lack of gentleness and the propensity to try to control others and to control narratives that we see today. Verse 24, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And this is kind of the verse I want to focus on today. Um, If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit, or keep in step, as some translations rightly say. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, or envying one another. This is the word of our Lord. I want to ask you a question. Do you know the Holy Spirit? What's your uh, experience with the Holy Spirit? What's your interaction with the Holy Spirit? Can you feel and sense the, the presence of the Holy Spirit? There's a, a song we, we, we used to sing a lot um, called Holy Spirit by Brian and Katie Torvald. And there was a, I think my favorite line in that song was, um, let us become more aware of your presence. Yeah, what a great prayer. Let us become more aware, are are you aware of the, the the presence of of Christ, His Spirit, His Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, as some would say, in you? Um, have you had uh, an experience with the Holy Spirit? Now, I, I grew up. Um, in a Pentecostal church, an Assemblies of God church. I um, Before I became an Anglican priest, I was an Assemblies of God pastor. And I kind of grew up with, you know, people yelling in tongues from the back row and people like running around and people getting slain in the spirit. And and we would always call it swinging from the chandeliers, although the sanctuary and the red chandeliers. But I kind of grew up in that really, I kind of affectionately, sarcastically say charismaniac environment. So I was kind of used to all that. And uh, the Holy Ghost kind of scared me, and and there was kind of a time when I just just I, I, it was weird and awkward. I didn't want that, and so I kind of ran from that, and I ended up going to. Um, a Baptist church where I actually learned the scriptures. I learned a lot about the spirit in the Pentecostal church. I didn't learn a lot about the the scriptures. And in the Baptist church, it was flipped. I learned a lot about um, the scriptures. I didn't learn about the Holy Spirit. But I would, I would, um, I'd be in like the AG church I grew up in and I'd hear like spirit, spirit, spirit. And in their prayers would be to the spirit and about the spirit. And I remember being in like like, no joke, no, this is not an exaggeration. I remember being in church services where I did not hear the name of Jesus mentioned because it was all spirit. It was like a, this like emphasis on the spirit. And then I went to uh, this Baptist church that I loved that was so helpful in my uh, formation and my, my my healing from, from church wounds. And it was father, son, father, son, father, son. And they would never... Um, mention or talk about the Spirit, and, and I would always joke with them, like, I, f- I feel like y'all's Holy Trinity is the Father, Son, and the Holy Scripture, you know, and they kind of replaced um, the Holy Spirit with the Holy Scripture, and uh, I actually had a friend who, who was in that denomination, and one day, I mean, we, we, were, we were, we could talk like this, he, we were, he was praying, and he would pray, you know, Father, and then he would move to Son. And in my mind, I'm just like, oh, he's about to go to the next person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. And then he'd go back to Father, and then he'd go to Son. And then he would just like flip-flop between Father, Son, Father, Son. And then I'm like, well, is he going to like... And then, so after a couple of times of encountering this this uh, this brother, I, I, I just said, hey, I got a question. Because you're a smart dude. Um... I noticed, and I, 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 I hate because, you know, prayers, I don't like to judge people when they pray, but i, I just, i got a theology question. I've noticed when you pray, you, you talk a lot about the Father and the Son. You talk to the Father, you talk to the Son, but you never mention the Holy Spirit. And he's like, well, he's retired. He, he's not active. He doesn't work anymore. He, that, that era is over. Like li- literally believe that, and I'm so sad for him. It's like, I don't know how you live and do ministry, believing that the Holy Spirit is retired now I get that you're afraid of him because you think he's the weird uncle, and he's not, but oh man, how do you live <laughs> without the comfort of the spirit, without the leading, without the energy and fire and boldness and 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 uh, equipping of the spirit I, I, don't know how you read the scriptures without the illuminating of the Holy Spirit. I don't know, and um, but he he believed that he 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 believed that that the Holy Spirit had kind of hung it up and that the gifts of the Spirit had ceased. And which is ironically, he never had an answer for this. But I said, well, one of the gifts of the Spirit in the scriptures is is leadership. So do you think the gift of leadership should be thrown out the window in the church? And he was like, what? And he never he never thought through. Like it's funny how the gifts we're uncomfortable with get thrown out. But the gifts that we like, like leadership, uh, oh, we want to keep those. But those spirits retired, according to him. Anyways, I digress. I'm not bitter or angry. But I want to ask you, have you experienced the Holy Spirit? Do you have him like stiff-armed, like he's the weird uncle because you saw some things on YouTube that were out of order and freaked you out? Um, or, or, or is your posture like this, like, come Holy Spirit. I, I, I welcome you. I need you. Um, even if you 're not a believer if you 're not a follower of Jesus, this would be a great question. Have you had any encounter with the Holy Spirit? Uh, this is a really fascinating question i 'd love for you to sit with. Have you felt or sensed or had any um, any any instances of the Holy Spirit engaging you uh, i a friend of mine uh, was sharing her um, part of her kind of conversion story and um, grew up in another country, grew up kind of, I think, interested in like New Age, like Middle Eastern stuff. And, um, and, and Jesus was like this, um, uh, in her words, Jesus was a good teacher, but his people have really messed up his teachings and done awful things. So it was kind of antagonistic to Jesus. And she was doing this like meditation thing and um, got, she got her eyes closed. And, and all of a sudden, um, Jesus comes into this meditation that she's having sits down in front of her. And then in her words, it's like this beam came from his chest and hit her chest and like physically, like jolted her, her eyes woke up and it like, it like, it, it bodily did something to her. And it took her a while to understand what was happening in that moment. Uh, I I look at that and go, that was Jesus coming to you and, and and beginning to impart his Holy Spirit into your spirit and to like awaken your soul, to regenerate your soul, to cause your dead life to come to life. And he, he, that was like one of the key moments that he was pursuing you and wooing you and beginning to transform you into a new creation and adopt you into his family, some might say, to, to be saved. But it was this fascinating encounter with the Holy Spirit when she wasn't a believer and it was undeniable to her and i just have have you if you're not following christ have have you been resisting the holy spirit have you, have you been even aware that that he loves you and wants to take that flesh and and, and put it to death and actually bring a life in you in a way that nothing else in this world could bring life in you? Have you had an encounter with the Holy Spirit? As we push off the dock and embark on a new discipleship journey this fall, um, the verse that I wanna highlight today for us is verse 24 and 25 at the end of this kind of climactic text in Galatians 5. Um, I think it'd be helpful for us to begin with the end. It might seem natural to like start at the beginning and like work through them, but I think it might be inspirational for you. It might be actually wise for us to, to go to the end and, and see where we're going. You know, where's this journey going? Um, there's, It says in verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, depending on your translation, it says, let us also walk by the Spirit. Or a better translation would say, let it keep in step with the Spirit. If you, if you read this, uh, verse 16 says walk. Verse 18 says lead. 24, 25 says, 25 says live by the Spirit. And then it says here walk. Now, just in English, you look at this and you go, verse 16, verse 25, both say walk, to this, walk according to the Spirit. The same English word is there, depending on your translation. But upon further review, if you do a little bit of digging, you find out is that the Greek verb there, um, in verse 16, and in verse 25 are, are very different. Um, they're not the same. Now, we they get translated to be the same walk. Um, and in verse 16, it is like, you know, walk with the Spirit. like to go for a walk. Um, but verse 16, I'm not sorry, verse 25, the, the word there for walk has some military language. It, it actually is walking um, as a soldier walks in a troop. It is, um, a, a good translation would be Instead of saying, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit, we might want to translate this and say, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step or let us march in step with our commander. Now, let that sink in. If we live by the Spirit, let us march with our commander, with the commander of angel armies, with the the Lord of hosts. Now, more than ever, followers of Jesus, you, me, we have this extraordinary opportunity in the day, in this peculiar hour we live in, in 2020, to learn how to keep in step with our commander, to march according to his drum. Now, again, to... Apply this in real time to our context, uh, and, and this might be uncomfortable. And and praise God because that's how we grow. But um, my heart's been broken when I see followers of Jesus who who seem to march to the beat of a different commander than uh, the commander of heaven. Um, and as we are in this this. Uh, you know we're middle of september we're about to enter into october leading up to this election and, and this this uh the society we live in is just so uh, incredibly polarized um even in families even inside of families uh, there's so, there's a division on this and 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 sometimes um what can happen is is we find that we we march to the beat of the elephant, or we march to the beat of the donkey, or we we, um, we we are more aligned with the agenda of the Democratic Party, or we're more aligned with the agenda of the Republican Party, or or we, we start to, to make these camps on what, what do the liberals think, what do the conservatives think, Sam? and and um, just true confession here, I've um, I have struggled with politics because. Um, so much of it is nasty, so much of it is so confusing and complicated and there's all so much of it i'm like i don't even know um like where this bias is coming like it's it's it, it it's it's confusing um and my my republican friends think that i'm left of bernie sanders and 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 actually uh like people who have um who like don't know me, have assumed that I'm this like a liberal pastor. And then my friends who are like, uh, who are really hardcore uh, Democrats, uh, think I have a red hat, (laughs) you know. And um, and I've often felt in this tension where um, both my liberal friends and my conservative friends um, push me and I don't line up in either camp. And I felt kind of bad about that. I felt like maybe I'm missing it. Maybe I should get in line with one of these parties and just like go for it. Um, But as I was studying this, I I, I felt just an encouragement of um, don't walk in step with the donkey or the elephant, uh, but walk in step with uh, the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. Um, often when we have uh, cultural conversations, uh, people want to go left or they want to go right. I think we should we, we should go deep. Uh, we should go, uh, before we think through this as Americans, before we think of these issues that are facing our, our country and our community and our families and our lives and our neighbors, um, before thinking of them, as an American citizen, we should first think through these things as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, uh, citizens of a multi-ethnic family that the crucified and resurrected Messiah has created that is transforming us by the power of the Spirit. We should we should look at our problems and, and the, these news reports and, and our the, the fabric of our culture that feels like it's being written. We should look at these not through... This marching orders or these marching orders or, or these certain agendas, but by what does the commander of angel armies say? what does the Holy Spirit say, God, what are you saying Let, let's let's ask some deep questions let's let's first think theologically and, and, and biblically about some of these things and and I, just, I, I, just, I, I feel like often I'm in the crossfire of these things and um, I want to exhort you and encourage you to do some deep diving in your life. What command are you in step with? Are you walking in step with the flesh? Are you walking in step with a political party? Are you, whichever party that is, are you walking in step with the ways of the world? Are you walking in step with the kingdom of hell? Or are you walking in step? Are you keeping in step? Are you living by, being led by, walking in, marching with the Holy Spirit? Not getting ahead of him, not getting behind him, but being in step where he is the one leading. How, how is your life aligned to the Lord of hosts, that commander? Now, here's what will happen uh if you do that, there's like three things that happen when you keep in step, when you march with your commander, when you walk not with the flesh, not with the law, not through circumcision, not through religion, not through ritual, not through politics. Not If you truly keep in step with the spirit, there's like three things that will happen. First, you will receive victory over the flesh. If you walk with your heavenly commander, if you march in step with your commander, the Holy Spirit, you will receive victory over the flesh. It's not something that you have to conjure up. It's it's this gift that he does to to us, with us, for us. Uh, The second thing that you will discover is the production of spiritual fruit in your life. Uh, it's it's not that you grow the spiritual fruit; it's that he grows, that he ripens, and, and that that fruit of his nature, the love, joy, peace, that list, uh, grows in your life. Uh, it's kind of a, it's a byproduct, right? And then the third thing is that you will serve others in love. This is we take this from Galatians five here. Uh, you will end up looking out, kind of becoming less like yourself, less like the flesh, more like the spirit. You will. Begin to exhibit naturally uh, the, the kind of the character and nature of God's Spirit in you, the fruit of the Spirit, and that that kind of motivates you to um, to serve others self sacrificially through the Spirit of love. And, and just ask yourself: We look at this world. If you look at your life, if you look at the the, the context that we live in right now, how would that change things? If um, we were a people who looked less like our old nature, less like our flesh. We looked more like people walking in the victory that Jesus purchased on, on Calvary. If we um, had his fruit in his nature instead of the works of the flesh, if we were loving and serving our neighbor in love, not out, not out of protection, not out of defense, but, but actually open-handedly loving and sacrificing and serving um, our neighbors, other people, that's kind of what's at stake here. Now, uh, some of you are are watching and and listening, and and you're not following Jesus. You may be barely interested, or or maybe you actually are are more into church, but you haven't necessarily. Um, experience that victory over the flesh. You haven't experienced um, Christ bringing your dead life to life. I, I want to encourage you to to be open to what God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit has for you. Uh, his call, his his um, his wooing of you. Have you um, had any kind of experiences where where Jesus or His Spirit showed up to to kind of get your attention? Have you been running from him? Have you been trying to find a life of love, of peace, of joy, of self-control? Have you been trying to do that on your own terms, in your own effort, in your own way? Are you tired of that yet? Are you burned out from from trying to do that in your own power? I want to encourage you today to to surrender your life to Jesus, to to put your faith and trust in him. If you need some help doing that, um, uh, email us. Um, send us an email. Um, we'd love to talk to you, we'd Love to, to, to meet with you, to talk on the phone, to, to work through how to do that necessarily. If, if you need help, some people don't need help, but if you'd like to talk to someone about uh, giving your life to Christ, um, please reach out to us. We'd love to, to meet with you and help you in that. Um, maybe you've been following Christ for some time and, and you, you're realizing just right now just how much you've been white knuckling this thing. And that you've been trying to produce these fruit. You've been trying to be more loving. You've been trying to be uh, less angry. You've been trying to, to be gentle or kind, or, or you've been searching for joy in, in all kinds of substances and ways. And, 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 and you're realizing that you can't produce fruit like this. Uh, I wanna encourage you let go, <laughs> just let go, uh, turn to God. Um, begin with some simple prayers like just come Holy Spirit just a very three word prayer just, you mean that sincerely he will come um, uh, I, w- I want to offer to all of us um, kind of a, a, a tangible prayer that we can begin to practice um, I, I'm going to read it for us and then uh, what I'd like to do is to invite us to read it together and then I've got some, some closing thoughts for you Um. This is from John Stott. If you know John Stott, this is a prayer he prayed, uh, I think, every morning. And perhaps it's one reason why he allowed uh, the grace of God to come even more and more into his life. The prayer goes like this. It's, It's Trinitarian in form. It says, Heavenly Father, help me to live in your presence and please you more and more. Lord Jesus, help me to take up my cross and follow you. Holy Spirit, fill me with yourself and cause your fruit to ripen in me. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now, now that you're familiar with it, let's pray it together. Heavenly Father, help me to live in your presence and please you more and more. Lord Jesus, help me to take up my cross and follow you. Holy Spirit, fill me with yourself and cause your fruit to ripen in my life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you would like a copy of that prayer, we will have it written out in the comment of this video and in the description. I will encourage you to uh, go to YouTube, go to our YouTube page, find this video, and find that copy and paste it in your phone. Uh, and Get creative with it. Something I'm going to do is, um, I've actually got it already written out on this post-it note. And I'm going to put it on my phone like this. And my uh, I, I don't cohabitate with my phone. Uh, my phone sleeps in a different room uh, on purpose. And so uh, it's, it we have a home study and it uh, it charges and, and it spends the night in the study, not next to my bed. And so every night when I go and put my phone to bed and tuck my phone in, which is a good practice, I highly recommend it. Um, I'm going to place this post-it note on top of my phone so that in the morning, whenever I get around to grabbing my phone, the first thing I see will be this prayer, and it will be a reminder to me to um, to pray this Father, Son, Spirit prayer. And um, you know, I'm going to try to do it every day. I don't know if I'll be able to, but I'm going to attempt to, in, at least in this study, to um, start my day with the simple prayer. It's a very easy practice. And if you miss a day or you miss it, it's fine. It's, you're not earning this. Um, this is just meant to kind of help align us um, into God's presence. It's just meant to help you, just a way to help you get in line with the spirit and march with your commander. I hope you'll join me. I hope you'll join us in this um, study this fall on how to receive and welcome and allow God to produce more of his fruit in our lives, Uh, not just for our sake, not just for our enjoyment um, and not just for the world's sake, but for his glory that he might be glorified and lifted up. Heavenly Father, we just come and say we want this. We need this. We see the need for more of your nature in our lives. And so we just ask you to um, to help us in this. Um, Jesus Christ, we thank you for purchasing this ability on the cross that, that through your life and death and resurrection, you made a way where there wasn't a way. And Holy Spirit, we... Seek your forgiveness for when we've grieved you, when we've thought wrongly about you, when we've been embarrassed by you, when we've been afraid of you, when we've treated you like the weird uncle or as someone who was retired. And we apologize for that. We confess that. We repent and we say, Come, Holy Spirit. We give you permission. We give you uh, the open door in our life to come and take up more square footage in our heart than you ever have before. And we desire that you would grow and ripen your fruit, your nature in our lives. Help us to uh, not just know these things theologically in our head, but to practically work them into our hands and our hearts and our feelings, our will, our agenda, our our day in and our day out to, uh, to know how to actually march with you to know how to keep in step with you, to know how to live by you and to walk with you. We, we give you this fall season, we, we give you this moment of, um, of just kind of intense discipleship in this area. We ask for your blessing. We ask for your help. We ask for your grace and your power to come and do all of the things that we are powerless to do. It's in the name of Jesus we pray.